What I would say about normal life is, you know, that there will be for the next few weeks a, a different kind of norm, particularly when you take into account things such as self-isolation, schools closing, people working from home. I think probably with my clients, what my message has consistently been, there is nothing that you can't do with the foods that are already in your store cupboards and in your fridge and freezer. And to just to keep it simple. There is so much that we can do ourselves to boost our immune systems throughout the year rather than waiting for a crisis like this to happen. So there are so many things which we can talk about in a little bit more detail if we want to. But yes, you're, it is an opportunity for us. You know, the, the mainstream medicines haven't got a cure for this virus. There is no vaccine, as we know. And so it is down to the, the kind of lifestyle and food choices that people are making to boost their immunity and to hopefully help them to support their health. Hello, and thank you for joining me today on the Natural Healthcare Network podcast. My name is Deb McLeod, and I really appreciate your sitting in and listening in. Today, I have registered nutritional therapists Anita Beardsley of Love Nutrition and Rain Roberts with 360 Fit Food joining me. We're going to be talking about the coronavirus, or COVID-19 as it's known, and we're going to discuss practical tips for practitioners, for our clients, and ways that we might not only be able to support each other, but support others in the healthcare industry. I hope you sit back and enjoy the information that they have to share with us. Thank you so much, guys, for joining me on the show today. It's great to have you here. Really lovely to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks, an absolute honor. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, we are here to talk about the big old elephant in the room, or not the elephant in the room. It's what everyone is talking about, and that is COVID-19. So I thought it might be nice for us to just do this impromptu podcast so we could find ways to provide some help and support to healthcare practitioners. And if they want to share this information with their clients or either use this, we'll have lots of information in the show notes. So do you want to start off with some of the information that you found thus far about the virus? Or how would you like to do this? Yeah, I think it would be um, pretty helpful actually to take a look retrospectively about what we know about other coronaviruses, because um, we're not entirely sure about the, the mechanism of action in, in this one. So I found some really interesting information regarding SARS, which is in fact a coronavirus. And uh, as with COVID-19, it's primarily spread through respiratory droplets. So that's why we want everybody to cover their face when they sneeze or cough. But also that body secretions could potentially transmit it. And I thought this was interesting because the virus sheds in both feces and urine. And obviously the implications for continuing the infection particularly amongst older people in care homes, for example, that could lead to spreading of infection that perhaps people aren't hugely aware of at the moment. The fact that the coronavirus, for example, attaches, unlike influenza, which was obviously a a pandemic previously, but uh, the coronavirus will in fact link to angiotensin converting enzymes. And that's obviously part of of the the membrane in every cell. It's a a protein. So you would expect to see see that within the heart and vascular uh, cells and kidneys. And in terms of mechanism of action, it all goes down straight back into to the lungs uh, and would create inflammation. So, you know, it's it's an evil little beggar, but at least we have some information as nutritional therapists uh, to do with the coronavirus already, which is, is hugely helpful. 
Yeah, I agree with everything Rain said there. There's some really interesting information. We were, were chatting before in the Herbal Antivirals book, which I believe you're going to put on the show notes, aren't you, Deb? Yes. That kind of gives us some really good, clear information about the SARS virus, which is very similar, we believe. And as, as Rain said, we don't know enough about this latest coronavirus. So we are guessing to a certain degree, but it's good to have that as a guide in our kind of clinical interventions as therapists. Yes, definitely. We're going to have that link in there for the the book so people can at least access those the basic information about it because it sounds, I don't have the book, but it sounds like it's really good and you can at least get your head around what's actually happening. It's really complicated. All viruses are complicated it, it themselves. And I think this is part of what's so scary for so many people is they don't really know what to do about it. And I think it's really unhelpful that they there appears to be this veneer of complexity around COVID-19 and it's always useful to to stand back and just take a look at the fundamentals once again and if this coronavirus or COVID-19 is following a similar pattern to SARS you know you would expect the immune system to be problematic because the coronavirus theoretically within COVID-19 could actually uh, infect the dendritic cells which are fundamental to the immune system. So perhaps, you know, in taking a step back, we just say, well, okay, we're just going to focus on on the immune system, which, you know, once you take all the layers of, of uh, you know, publicity and, and media action out of it, it's probably a pretty sensible approach. Yes, and that's one of the things that I found that's quite helpful with the Alliance for Natural Health. They've been providing some really nice basic bits of information about how do you just simply protect your immune system. And I think you're right, Rain, it's just pulling way back instead of having sort of deer in the headlights. Yeah. What is what do we essentially need to do? And that's what we were talking about before is let's look at some simple steps that we can take to help practitioners sort of cut through all the the junk, as it were. In terms of practitioners cutting through the amount of information that's out there, mm-hmm. well, that's, that is an issue because there's just so much information that, that's on the media and it's really hard to navigate it and actually work out what's real, what's not, and, and what you want to listen to. So I think what we said before is just zooming out uh, and knowing what we know as healthcare practitioners that the immune system needs, which is, you know, we can just focus on those simple things to start with. So we know that vitamin D needs to be optimised. We know that we need good levels of vitamin C. We don't need antioxidants in the diet and the most important thing which I know you and I were chatting about Deb is reducing stress and just uh, optimizing sleep because those simple things which we can actually do are really important for immune health. Absolutely I think the biggest thing is to try and add that sense of calm it's hard because everyone's anxious everyone's really nervous we you know we as practitioners how do we distill this information I can only imagine how it is for GPs but how do we distill this information down so it's simple just to add that element of calm so we're supporting our clients and also how do we enable people to feel a sense of ease of just going out and living a normal life because this is these are different times for all of us. Yeah, I think the whole normal life thing's on hold for a little bit slightly, isn't it? Yeah, what I would say about normal life is, you know, that there will be for the next few weeks a, a different kind of norm, particularly when you take into account things such as self-isolation, schools closing, people working from home. I think probably with my clients, what my message has consistently been, there is nothing that you can't do with the foods that are already in your store cupboards. Mm. And in your fridge and freezer and to just to keep it simple because you know Nita you just mentioned you know vitamin d and, and vitamin c and you know i'm sure that people would have 
access to, to frozen or indeed fresh fruit and veg, you know, small fish, mushrooms and so on. And it's just getting that message across that this doesn't need to be complicated. Mm. Yeah. And I think probably what, one of the questions as practitioners we need to be asking ourselves is before we even start putting, you know, these our top top eight or ten points down on one side of A4 for clients is, you know, is should we actually even be continuing with our face-to-face clinics yeah well uh, many of my clients have actually made that call themselves so that's been interesting they've requested skype or uh, electronic sessions uh, mm. and that that's okay and uh you're absolutely right it's a question isn't it um the two clinics i work in have very clear rules and they're following strict guidelines so cleanliness and hand hygiene is paramount we do send emails to everyone before they come in saying if you uh, have any symptoms don't come in and if you have uh, been in contact with anyone who, who has the virus don't come in and if you've been to any of uh, the places that have uh, hot spots if you like don't come in but you're right at what point do we actually make that call I suppose that's going to be made for us over the next few days it's such an, uh, a rapidly evolving situation uh, but you're right paramount thing is keeping those clients of ours safe and feeling relaxed and calm isn't it yeah I think I'd agree with that but I do wonder whether even the basics such as the importance of hand washing I wonder whether the the great general public actually understand why it's important you know Mm. how does soap actually work and you know why is antibacterial so not necessarily the be all and the end all you know I do wonder whether or not these fundamental messages that are pretty simple in essence whether they are actually getting through because I think there's a, a certain level at which the public can become weary of being told what to do particularly when it comes to basic things like hand washing which we should be doing regularly coronavirus or not exactly i think that this is an opportunity for us to pick up some old-fashioned hygiene Mm. and it's really interesting as well of course i completely agree with and it is the fundamental thing we all have to do but there is an opportunity to have done a little bit more around some of the other the things we've just talked about you know staying calm sleep uh, laughter even and just uh you know all those things that are actually really that we know as practitioners are really incredibly powerful for our immune uh, and as rain said people will get tired or, or may get tired and I've, I've witnessed that of being told to wash their hands repeatedly which we need to keep on doing and people must wash their hands but there are other things people can be doing as well so i wonder if there's a trick's been missed there really with the overall messaging that's coming out i don't know what you think rain I agree. I think if this very simple message had, had gone out saying, you know, that that hand washing is probably singularly one of the best ways of reducing the spread of this particular infection. If people understood that soap breaks down the outer casing of the virus to release its contents, yeah. that kind of makes sense to most people. And I think most people would probably then stand there at the wash basin and sing happy birthday twice over (laughs) you know I'm just not I'm not convinced people are washing their hands to the level that they potentially should be because they just don't understand why yeah you know what 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 it actually does and you know that that's one message that I think as NTs we need to be you know we need to be getting on social media we need to be telling people this Mm. and, and you know perhaps communicating where clients have said that we can communicate with them via email, for example. These are just some basic, basic things we need to be getting out, you know, washing your hands because it it breaks apart the virus. You know, you need to be well hydrated because the first line of defense is the stomach acid that you have that is designed to kill off pathogens. So by having a dry mouth, you're not using that first line of defense. You know, there are some really simple things yeah. that we can do. You're absolutely right. 
fundamentally change people's lives. Absolutely. Nita, you and I were talking about earlier, we're talking about this as an opportunity for us or potentially a way for us to help conventional healthcare in that this is a great time for us to come in and show the strength of how food and lifestyle changes can make a huge difference and Absolutely. also really support a, a system that is really breaking as it stands. Yeah, absolutely. There is so much that we can do ourselves to boost our immune systems throughout the year rather than waiting for a crisis like this to happen. So there are so many things which we can talk about in a little bit more detail if we want to. Uh, but yes, you're, it is an opportunity for us. You know, the, the mainstream medicines haven't got a cure for this virus. There is no vaccine, as we know. Uh, and so it is down to the, the kind of lifestyle and food choices that people are making to boost their immunity and to hopefully help them there's so much we have to offer as nutritional therapists and natural healthcare providers and really do hope that this is a time now for people to uh, recognise the value in addressing their lifestyle and food choices as well as other aspects of their life to support their health. I would absolutely agree with you, Nita. I don't think that if you were able to see your GP by Skype consultation, I know in my area we've, um, we've cancelled or walk-in clinics and most appointments at GP practices yeah, and uh, I'm pretty sure that you know the, the GPs have got their their work cut out for them and I would suggest that if somebody was lucky enough to get a, a Skype appointment with their GP because I know that certainly in our area where all of the walk-in clinics have been cancelled and the majority of appointments have been cancelled yeah here too um, as well but even if you were lucky enough to sit in front of your GP who might say you probably want to consider eating really well over the next few weeks what the GP might not consider adding to that conversation was for example you've got to reduce your stress yeah. levels because you will you know you're giving off a hormone that suppresses the immune system yeah. which makes you more liable to bring up the infection you know you've got to get your a really really good night's sleep um, because we know that during sleep a lot of the immune cells that's their time when they actually you know proliferate it's fundamental to to good immune health and I think if people just understood it's very easy to say well you need to get a good night's sleep but people need to understand why. Yeah. Yeah. And as NTs, we really should be able to sum it up for them in one sentence. And if they say, I have trouble sleeping, then let's go and have a conversation with them about sleep hygiene. But, you know, there are some there are some basic things that people can do that I, I'm just not sure that, you know, that GPs have got the time or the inclination to discuss with yeah. them. So maybe one of the things that could be helpful is we have some really good research to back up the information that we have to share is maybe send that to our GPs to share with them and say, these are some things that we could do to help and support you. If you want to give us a call or either refer on people that that might be helpful in a way to support them because mm. they're overstretched. Yeah. They've canceled appointments and where I live as well. And that is, that's actually a really good point. Deb. We we could do that, you know, because same here, the GPs have sent messages around now to say all routine appointments are closed and they don't want anyone going in the surgeries and quite rightly so. Uh, but perhaps we can do that. We can help share information and, and perhaps they will be open to us. Maybe we all have a responsibility as practitioners in our local area to contact our GP surgeries and try and disseminate some really useful information to people in our areas via the GPs. So perhaps it will be listened to more. Yep. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a good call. Yep. Same thing with schools, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, and the other thing is that people don't realize how healthy some of the basic foods are. 
and yeah. you know, eating beans, eating mm-hmm. lentils, eating those greens, eating those fruits are actually really, really good for us. It's not just about the pasta. Um, you know, yeah. it, and it's not just about the loo roll. <laughs> <laughs> I did go in a shop earlier and there was some pasta left. <laughs> <laughs> A miracle but I just think that there are some things that we could do to help some of the schools as well or people who are who are working with children etc anyone that is our focus group to have those essentials on explaining why as you've said yeah. let's, let's look at the facts and then pull back because the again the big thing one thing that isn't talked about a lot is the vagus nerve and yeah. how we can support our vagus nerve through laughter, which is what you were talking about, Nita. And people don't know what the vagus nerve is. Our clients don't really have a clue what the vagus nerve is. So why is that important to anxiety, stress, inflammation? How do those things link up? Well, those are some nice win-wins that we could, we can help them with, I think. I agree. And I think it, uh, it gives us as practitioners the the motivation to get back to basics. So, for example, um, I know that one of my, well, a number of my distributors for certain supplements are, have been inundated with orders and, and they're yeah. now, you know, creating instead of pretty much next day delivery, potentially maybe next week if, you know, if, if we're lucky. Yeah. And this is a real opportunity to have to circumnavigate that area and go back to basics, get back to food. So, you know, we're, I, often recommend vitamin d supplementation because it's required to my my clients and i wouldn't deviate from that but things like probiotics i've been using successfully over the past few months but you know people can't wait seven to ten days of probiotics so it's it's kind of force you to think about getting back to basics and starting those conversations again about how you do it through food and then it becomes a lifestyle yes and that's pretty cool because fundamentally as nutritional therapists that's what we want to do we're a food we use a food first approach that's that's what we want everyone to be doing and I often actually talk to my clients um, not necessarily around coronavirus but clients who come in with complex health conditions I talk to them about it being an opportunity for them to reassess and, and reconnect with food. We get so caught up in modern day life with just being so busy and food being so um, easy to get from supermarkets that we've kind of become disconnected, as we know, from food. Or And it's a real moment, perhaps, this for people to kind of stop and just have a, an assess of, of what's going on for them and slow down a little bit and, and reassess mm. the foods they're mm. generally choosing and uh, not in a judgmental way, but just kind of rechecking What's actually, what should we be doing here? And we should be able to support and advise them quite rightly so, as we already are in clinics, but giving a little bit more general information now, perhaps through our our social media as well, as you say, without overwhelming people even more, because I do fear that there is just so much information now circulating. I don't know how people are actually able to pick out the bits that are most relevant to them and that are correct. And I really do worry about that now. Mm. Well, and I also think that they don't think they have any control because they're out doing a frenzy of shopping. So they feel like that we're everything's out of control. They have yeah. no no sense of this is what I can do when actually, as you've said, some of the basics are just wash your hands. Take some basic things about exercising. We can control. They are in control. And again, I think this mm-hmm. is another really good opportunity for us as practitioners to spread the word and try and support our community, supporting each other, but supporting our clients and saying, you actually can do some things to help yourself yeah. to, to take control of this situation. And that's where we can, again, support 
conventional medicine. It's getting tricky though, isn't yeah. it? Because I, um, I was chatting to someone earlier who has gone online to book uh, an online shop and the earliest online shop slot mm-hmm. they could now get was two weeks away. So what's yeah. happening is this kind of fear is being fueled by uh, those people that are panic buying. And I understand to a certain degree where people want to make sure there's stuff in their cupboards because we are yeah. being faced with the prospect of being locked down or closed down to our little local communities. And for some people who live in areas where they don't have access to many shops, that's an issue. But it's that whole thing, if we just need to just take what we need, work together, remember that we can help each other. I agree. And certainly as practitioners, we're always moaning about the lost generation who never got taught to cook by, you know, either their 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 parents or their grandparents or indeed at school because of the change, you know, years ago in, um, in the school curriculum. If yeah. you yeah. have to go into lockdown, then... I think you have to get over the kitchen not being a perfect, pristine room and get your kids cooking. Absolutely. So, you know, there are masses and masses of resources online that we can guide people towards and get, get you know, help, help people to get their kids cooking. You know, there's nothing wrong with finally using up the tins at the back of the cupboard. You know, only last week when we were a bit pushed for time in this household, i got to tell you, you know, we found a, a, a can of really old chicken soup at the back of the, the cupboard. And I have to say, added that to some gently sautéed leeks and some pasta. And it was absolutely delicious. If you can get any pasta. <laughs> <laughs> because it's all in my cupboard yeah actually that's that's a really good point and that's another thing we can do is by posting up um whilst we can't necessarily always see clients in our clinic at the moment we can always be posting up store cupboard easy recipes and I did see that um the amazing doctor's kitchen Dr Rupi he made a promise on Instagram that anyone who's kind of running to the end of their cupboards during lockdown if you post the ingredients you've got left and you don't think you can make any meal out of it he'll kind of come up with a recipe for you so ready steady cook via via social media by nutritional therapists for those people that's great that's really cool I love the idea of doing a ready steady cook I was always also thinking about I was lamenting back to my mum's stories of the wartime where there was always a a pot on the stove of of simmering stock with a kind of onion peelings and the apple cores or anything that would normally go in the food waste bin would go in the stock pot ready to be create a lovely stock for whatever you know because there is you know there are going to be some people who are going to struggle financially a lot because of this as we all know it's going to cause um, problems and it's going to be difficult for people to afford to buy uh, perhaps all the healthy food but I suppose that's where we come in again is that reinforcing to people how they can do eat healthily without having to spend mm. masses of money. I agree and I would certainly put forward Jack Monroe um, as a fabulous example of somebody who can produce you know food on a shoestring. Her She, she actually brought out a, a cookery book um, that is solely based around recipes made from tin food, uh, which many of which are, you know, extremely tasty oh, amazing. Um, and pretty nutritious as well. Um, and, you know, that that's something I'm not sure that everybody's aware of. No, I'm sure she has a website. She must do. Yes, I'm pretty sure that she has. Would you like me to find it out? Yeah, if you would, then we can put that up. Uh, we can put that in the show notes. You want to be able to make some nice, tasty food and it doesn't cost mm. that much. People are, don't, they all think that because you're eating well, it's going to cost you a fortune. And it, it really doesn't, does it? I mean, we sure. that. so her name is Jack Monroe and she's on social media with the tag at Bootstrap Cook. Bootstrap Cook. Cool. Yeah. Terrific. Okay. 
And I suppose it's also about helping, which we do all the time anyway, but just reinforcing again to those people who don't um, feel confident in the kitchen that, you know, your food doesn't have to be gorgeous and glamorous. It's more about food assembly and it's about assembling really good ingredients, isn't it? Or simple ingredients. It doesn't have to look like this amazing artistic design that we often see. So not to be afraid, I suppose, to get in that kitchen and just to try and to kind of throw things together. It doesn't have to be pretty to taste brilliant. No. Or be good for you, really. I mean, I, I totally agree. We like to make things look pretty. <laughs> Maybe we should do stuff and say, you know, this doesn't look like the prettiest dish, but actually this is so tasty and so healthy. It's really good for mm. you. And it costs this much. Um, I, I, I do. I would agree with you. However, <laughs> you know me, that there's, there's often a, a however with me. Is I do think that when you're talking about this, COVID-19 really potentially decimating the, our, our older generation who often have quite a low level of appetite anyway. Just a little smidgen of something lovely and beautifully presented on a plate can often, it's just, you know, you, you know your appetite is stimulated as much by your eyes and mm. your, your nose as anything else. Uh, you know, and just a little something on a plate that's nicely presented, you know, could mm-hmm. make all that the is. difference. And one thing I learned when I when I went to, uh, to catering school was there's nothing that you can't make, look, you know, absolutely beautiful, probably other than, you know, cakes and pastries, but with a bit of chopped parsley. Ah, perfect. Parsley is one of those amazing things, or a sprig of mint, which so many of us have in our gardens. Or a sprig of mint. Or either in our windowsill. Yeah. yeah, some simple things just to pretty things up. My mom loved that. She was she was easy with that. Anything green that popped on her plate, she was in. And of course, I, I did just see earlier from on one of the social media posts that wild garlic's out already. So it's a perfect time to go out, get out in nature, which will be really good for the immune system as well. And forage some of the kind of natural resources we have to hand and hopefully now that spring's starting to spring there'll be more things coming out um whilst we're in potential lockdown so we can kind of go and access some of that for those that live obviously in areas where they do have access to that those are really nice tips to help practitioners with have you been able to find some really handy articles to support one another other than than the book that you have mentioned on herbal antivirals. Have you got other mm. research to support practitioners that just might be helpful? Well, some of the research studies, the early ones on COVID-19 started permeating through and some information is on, on the web. But, you know, to be perfectly honest, there's, I think the podcasts like this, Deb, are just enormously useful. Um, and as long as, you know, the, the person who is giving out that information can can back it up with resources mm. then I think this is a wealth of stuff online yeah I mean I've, I've kind of read so much now and, and have found lots of research but it's just it's as Rain said I think that just simple keeping it really simple is actually what's going to be the most helpful now for mm-hmm. our patients clients and the general public because yeah it's an it's evolving it's changing and, and actually gets to zoom out and just do the things we recommend the things that we know really work for immune system health um, in, explain to people the simple stuff like washing hands why it works um about the importance of um how stress can down regulate the immune system it's really important that we stop scrolling on those social media feeds to read all of the kind of stuff there and just 
spend some time outside in nature, spend some time with your family, do things that chill you out and make you relaxed. Lots of laughter, which we know that upregulates the immune system like you were saying, Deb, and just yeah, keep it simple, I think, now, because I think it's become so complex and complicated that actually that's the danger now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree. And as practitioners, what are you doing? What are your plans so you can support your own business? Because that's something that we've talked about a lot. If we say, you know, we're trying to support our clients, but we also are running businesses ourselves. You know, have you got methods in place? So you're going to do more online sessions with your clients? Are you finding that they're open to that as well? Yeah, I, I have definitely found that people are more open to Skype consultations. Consultations online aren't something that I particularly favour on a personal level. I like to have my clients in front of me, develop a good relationship with them, um, have a really good look at you know their eyes, their tongue, their hands, their skin, etc. But you know, in times like this, you have got to learn to adapt. You know, it's what makes us a really intelligent species is our ability to adapt. So I'm going. I'm taking now online consultations until I hear otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. Same for me. I am still going into. I, I have regular contact with my two clinics, and at the moment we are still open, and I am still seeing people in there this week. Of course, it's changing daily, so we will follow the guidelines and. Also, lots of my clients do, I have suggested that we do follow-ups by Skype like Rain. I really like on the first consultation to meet the person so I can see them and get a real sense of who they are. So for me, that's something gets quite lost if you don't do that on the first one. But we have to be flexible and adapt, like Rain said, and we can do that. You know, we're experienced practitioners and we can do it. And I think people really need us to do that. And I think we, you know, we need to also make sure we're available. So I think that's what we have to do. Totally agree. It is a good alternative and it sometimes it reduces people's stress levels by just being able to stay where they are and they're in their own environment. Mm. I find that sometimes that has a different value because they're sitting in, in their own space and they can relax a bit more. They haven't had to drive and worry and think about things. So yeah. it, it always opens up different opportunities. Yeah. And I yeah, for, for sure. And a lot of my clients are, are athletes who are constantly looking to minimise their infection rate, mi minimise the possibility that their immune system is going to be compromised. So, you know, I just think we need to to embrace the online technology yeah, that we have. Um, and actually, it, that could benefit us after we've gone through the COVID-19 phase, because we could be opening ourselves exactly. up to a far wider reaching market potential clients if we were actually able to to work with people yeah, in, a, in an I online agree. capacity. I think you're right because we will get through this. I was listening to the telly this morning, um, the foreign minister, the South Korean foreign minister was on and she was talking about how they are able to, how they've been able to reduce the spread of the virus and they've been very efficient about it but they're also putting using all of this as a model for the future and I think this is something that we as practitioners as you've just rightly said is how are we going to use this going forward and how can we help our clients and each other become mm -hmm. more resilient so we can really help each other help practitioners see that we can grow a thriving business in different ways but also help our clients become more confident in themselves and knowing that they're actually in control. 
of their own health and their own well-being and Mm. yeah for sure there's going to be lots of lessons learned here you're right that we'll we'll take on was any other words of wisdom you guys have to share what we'll do is if you can send me some links on any research that you found or any nice nice um nice and concise bits of information i really like the age well project they've done they've released an article today which is really good about aging well staying positive in the coronavirus i loved it they've put things in bite-sized chunks they've got nice links so i'm going to share that yeah really nice i'll I'll share all the things that um i think are helpful definitely i'll send them over to you now deb And I do, I was reading something really interesting actually about the worry is for all those people who have mental health issues as well. It's about making sure that people just feel as relaxed as they can in the face of this, because I know it's it's a scary time for people. And I guess that's my takeaway really is that we have a responsibility to try and calm and give a sense of calm. Yeah. I would agree. And I would say that BANT have been sending out some really good email communications as well to their members regarding how we can work in terms of best practice in clinic. Uh, So I'll forward that email to you, Deb, if you don't have it. They they seem to be pretty reactionary, particularly helpful. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're really good. They're really good. And I think just the same thing for for each other, for any sort of holistic practitioners, how we can be here to support each other and just know that if people need help and they, they are suffering from anxiety running their own business just to find out how we can support one another and come up with ideas on maintaining our own business our own practice and our own health I think is equally important really yeah and you're right in the same way that it's we really want the whole kind of world to now work together to support each other it's the same for us as practitioners this is going to be a tricky time for us as well it's going to have repercussions for everyone so it's going to be really important that we work together as a profession and find a way you know to maximize um, the potential for for this and so we can help as many people as possible going forward all right. Well, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your taking the time out. You guys have, have been wonderful and just sharing some information to help others. It's It's been great. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Deb. Thank you for the opportunity. You're very, very welcome. Cool. Well, folks, that's all for today. I hope you found the information that Anita and Rain had to share with us helpful as I did. We'll provide all those links in the show notes. And if you have any information you'd like to share with us, we'd really appreciate it. You can find us on Instagram at the Natural Healthcare Network. So please tag us. Let us know if you've got any helpful tips to share and things that are working for your clients. At the end of the day, these podcasts and all of this information we're sharing is for you. We're here to support, collaborate, communicate, educate, and inspire one another. And boy, do we need that now more than ever. I'd like to ask you to subscribe. I'd like to ask you to give me a review if you haven't done so already. And I'd also like to ask you to put a date in your diary. Don't forget, Anita Beardsley and I are hosting an event on the 19th of September, which is a Saturday. It's at Engineer's House in Bristol, and we have some great speakers joining us. We have Dr. Alan Desmond, we have Dr. Elizabeth Phillips, and author Tanya Borowski all coming in to talk about the multifaceted effects of the gut. We also have Genova Diagnostics sponsoring us and the Alliance for Natural Health supporting us. So please put that date in your diary. But in the meantime, I'd like to wish you all great health wherever you are. Bye for now. Bye.